A-B-A Resort. West Canyon High Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of ABA Wizard. Uh, today we are going to be discussing preference assessments. Uh, specifically, we're going to be discussing the multiple stimulus without replacement preference assessment, uh, which was discussed in Dr. Jennifer Fritz's recent study that was published in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis. Uh, so that uh, article is titled Validity of Multiple Stimulus Without Replacement Preference Assessment for Edible Items. So for you BCBAs who have access on the BACB portal, uh, feel free to pull that up and follow along as we talk about it today. And we do have uh, Dr. Fritz on with us today, and so I'd like to give a little bit of background info on her. Uh, so Dr. Jennifer Fritz is an associate professor at the University of Houston Clear Lake, where she teaches graduate and undergraduate courses in behavior analysis. She supervises graduate students in several practicum placements, mostly focused on the assessment and treatment of behavior disorders, as well as caregiver training. Uh, Dr. Fritz serves on the editorial board for the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis as a member of the advisory board for the Texaba Public Policy Group and is a program chair for the professional track of the Texas Association for Behavior Analysis Annual Conference. Uh, in the past, she was actually, uh, she served as the president of Texaba and secretary of the Texaba Public Policy Group. So it really is an honor to have her on here with us. Dr. Fritz, thank you for being willing uh, to come on the show today. Oh, absolutely. It's actually my honor. Thank you so much for inviting me and reading our work. Yes, we're happy to have you here. Uh, and you know, you have quite the background uh, in behavior analysis. Have preference assessments always been something you've been interested in in studying? Or did you just think of like you had an interesting question and you uh, decided to, to look into it more? That's a great question. So we have used preference assessments a ton in our clinical work. And um, as you see, there's a bunch of student co-authors on this paper, uh, Chris, Patty, Blair, Louisa, Natalie, Channing, and Lisa. Yes. All of them have been uh, instrumental in making this happen. Uh, in the course of uh, graduate seminar discussions, this topic has come up a lot. And the students always wondered, you know, how might other variables influence MSWO results? in particular. Yeah. So we wanted to examine that question in a little bit more detail. No, that's that's great. I love that. And uh, yeah, you had quite the quite the team there doing this research. That's uh and so all the other authors there, they were all uh, students at the time then. Yes, and they were a fantastic team. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. So for this uh, specific study, what was a research question? What were we interested in looking at? So we were really interested in whether different results might come out of an MSWO than we might expect. Uh, in the past, a lot of studies have mixed edible and leisure items in an array within preference assessments. And we thought, well, maybe something different might come out if we were only looking at edible items. And so the question was, well, would individuals maybe select their favorite last? save the best for last. Oh, yeah. Or 
<laughs> you want to get the worst out of the way first. So maybe some self-control or, you know, maybe some other factors might influence these selections because, as you know, ingestion of food has different effects. And um, when that's done repeatedly, maybe we'd see some different outcomes than might have been predicted. Totally. It's fascinating. And, you know, MSWOs have been researched. Uh, and so this is, you know, an exciting addition to the research here of focusing just on the edible portions. I was uh, wanting to, to back up here so that I, I know we have a variety of listeners here, uh, some who are, you know, BCBAs and preference assessments, MSWOs. They're very familiar with this lingo we're throwing out here. Uh, but I wanted to take a step back here and uh, give a little bit of background info. So uh, a preference assessment is, you know, an assessment we do when creating a reinforcement program to identify what potential reinforcers there are. And there's a variety of ways that we do that. Uh, you know, it can be sometimes not even experimental that we just do like an interview and we ask what uh, their preferences are. Uh, but then we can also get very experimental with it. Uh, and so the MSWO is an experimental way of identifying what might work or function as a reinforcer. So, um, Dr. Fritz, do you mind going over, like, for the purpose of this study, what does a MSWO preference assessment look like? Sure. So this was a preference assessment developed by De Leon and Iwata in 1996. And the idea was to figure out a way to assess preference for different items in an efficient way. Um, so there have been other types of assessments like a single stimulus preference assessment and a paired stimulus preference assessment, multiple stimulus preference assessment. Uh, but this one is unique in that the items are lined up in front of the individual and they're asked to pick one and um, then they're given access to, if it's a leisure item, some time to play with it, or if it's an edible item, a chance to eat it. And then that item goes away from the array and the rest of the items are available for selection in the next round. And that continues until the individual stops choosing items or uh, they're all selected. Awesome, yes, that's perfect explanation there. So. Uh, it creates a hierarchy of, of preferred stimuli that uh, if you're then creating a reinforcement program, uh, you can look at, oh, you know, they chose this stimulus first uh, every time we did this. Like, let's maybe start with this reinforcer. So um, thanks for that explanation. Now, uh, talking about this specific study, walk me through, you know, the, the procedures. How did you go about studying this? Yeah, great question. So with the individuals that we were working with, um, they're typically individuals with intellectual or developmental disabilities, but our research question was more broad. And what you touched on just a moment ago that in the MSWO, we're usually looking at what's selected first, right? In that yeah. one, what's mostly selected first is generally viewed as the most preferred. Uh, like, but what we mentioned earlier, there might be other things happening if there's edible items. And so what we wanted to look at is if we presented the stimuli in an MSWO format and then pitted the top selected or top ranked MSWO item compared to the lowest ranked MSWO item, would, they, would those results match up? So what we did was did the MSWO as described in De Leon and Iwata 1996 
Uh, we did five rounds with five items each. And then what we did was compare them in a concurrent operant arrangement. So just yeah, what top. does that look like? What's the uh, concurrent schedule uh, look like there? It wasn't like a true reinforcer assessment. It was yeah. more of two items pitted against each other and the individual was told pick one and then we mixed them up, told to pick again for 10 trials. So it was just those two items pitted against each other. Got it. Yes. And and there were, uh, in this article, it talks about two different experiments. Were the procedures about the same? What was the difference there between the, the two experiments that, that you were doing? Mm, yes. So we did have a lot of participants in this study. Yeah, you um, did. <laughs> <laughs> so the first three studies were basically looking at different ways of including edible items with adults without disabilities. Um, and so in the first study, we had different flavors of the same item. So if the individual chose Skittles, we'd have all the different color Skittles available. If they said they wanted to use jelly beans, we'd have the different color jelly beans. Um, and we did that for 20 participants. For the next 20, we had different items of the same flavor. So we kind of assumed that the red item of a Skittle jelly bean fruit snack <laughs> would be pretty similar. Yes. So we just included those. Got it. And then the last study with those adults was edibles with different qualities. So this is more like a typical MSWO where we would have things like pretzels, goldfish, M&Ms, Skittles, things like that. Yes. And then the fourth study was 20 individuals with intellectual and just developmental disabilities. So where we would tip it, the population we would typically use this type of assessment for. Got it. And, uh, and you use the same procedures for those um, for both different populations. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yep. We uh, gave them very minimal instruction beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, I, I know a lot of people do know this, but I'm, I'm curious, how do you make sure, you know, with edibles, it's not just like, if it looks good, we want to know if they like the way it tastes, if it's going to act as a reinforcer. What if they've never tasted that item before? Great. Yes. We did actually let them sample each item oh, before good. we started. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make sure that they had experience and we told them what it was and let them eat one of each before we even started the whole thing. Awesome. Yes. So you have them uh, have a small bite so that they can taste all of them and, and they are able to establish a preference and then uh, compare those. So, uh, so what did we find? What were the results? We were very surprised to see that between 20 and 30% of the participants in each study actually selected the item most in the concurrent operant arrangement um, that was the lowest ranked on the MSWO, which was surprising because the usual assumption is that the, the highest ranked MSWO item is the one that's most preferred. This is, that's crazy like behavior analysts listening in right now are like what like are you serious like when i do an mswo i shouldn't just always go with the number one choice here like this this is very uh you know i i think it can lead us to 
be better behavior analysts here when we're looking at our uh, results of MSWOs. So why why was this happening? 20 to 30%, that's so often that they were not picking their most preferred uh, stimulus. So yeah. what what was going on here? It's really interesting. We don't know exactly, but we did take some notes on what the participants were saying as they were doing these assessments, which kind of give a little bit of light on to maybe why they were doing this. And some would say things like, um, I really like the M&Ms and I like to save the best for last. Or, you know, I don't really like this one. I'm just going to get it out of the way. <sighs> and then there were some other very cute but interesting comments like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. I've been picking him last. <laughs> so our verbal behavior could play a role in how these selections are made. And I think that's a really interesting finding out of the study that I think people should really explore or could explore in more depth. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, were so did you say that the results were the same with both populations that, that you were looking at? So with the, the college students as well as uh, those with disabilities? They were. It was 20% of those individuals with disability for whom the lowest ranked item in the MSWO actually was selected an equal number of trials in the concurrent stimulus arrangement. That's so interesting to me. And those with disabilities, uh, did they have a verbal repertoire? Were they able to, like, were you able to ask these same questions to them as far as, like, why were they picking those or, you know, doing follow-up questions to, to explain the discrepancy there? We tried to look at different types of assessments, so trying to assess their ability to follow some rules or, you know, their just general overall language skills level, we weren't able to find any solid correlations between those results and what we were seeing in these preference assessment outcomes, but that might be something to explore further. Yeah, so trying to see like if someone has a stronger rule-governed repertoire, are they going to be more likely to, you know, select the the least preferred item first, saving the best for last or something similar to that? Mm -hmm. Um, well, very interesting. Now, what, what does this mean for the everyday practitioner? Uh, people use MSWOs all the time, um, even for edible reinforcers. Sometimes it's mixed. Sometimes, you know, it's only edibles. Uh, what can we take away from this study, uh, as, as a practitioner? Yes. So we're definitely not saying that the MSW is a preference assessment to not be used, <laughs> nothing like that. Yeah. Um, mostly that you need to be careful in making an assumption that the item ranked highest in the MSWO will be the one that they'll select or maybe even work for the most in a reinforcer assessment. We didn't actually do a reinforcer assessment in this study, and that might be an area to follow up on in future research. But I do think that um, there has been some interest in the MSWO for various reasons. Uh, for example, Daniel Conan and Crystal Slanzi recently published some papers in Java looking at the MSWO uh, for edible versus leisure items with individuals with autism. They didn't actually find that the um, electronic 
devices were necessarily the highest preferred, but there could be some different outcomes depending on different populations uh, that could be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. So uh, I, I want to back up here as far as the, the everyday practitioner, like you, you said, you know, the MSWO is still like well researched, it still tells us if, if something's likely going to be a reinforcer. Uh, so like, don't the takeaway from this should not be don't do a preference assessment. Rather, the takeaway needs to be like, maybe we don't need to be so rigid with our preference assessments, you know, like, we, we don't need to be so set on, you know, this, this scored number one. So I'm always going to use this item as a reinforcer. We need to be, you know, we need to be clinicians here and be able to interpret these results and, you know, maybe do some of these follow-up questions and, uh, and, uh, be able to consider that just because it was picked first, it might not be the strongest reinforcer. That's true even without, you know, the results of this study that uh, just because something is a preferred stimulus doesn't necessarily mean that it is a reinforcer. And so, um, and, and you did point out that in this study, that might be something that, that uh, people could look into further is, uh, does it actually result in, uh, you know, you didn't do a reinforcer assessment to determine if these stimuli are actually functioning as a reinforcer for that person. So um, I think those are those are some huge takeaways. Um, were there any other takeaways um, that that you thought we should consider here? I think what you described is absolutely right. And I think that the biggest thing that people should consider is that the results of your MSWOs could be influenced by various factors. that may or may not impact your treatment. Um, And just considering that possibility, especially with edible items, that is an important thing for people to consider and take away from this. And one of the variables you were likely looking at was people trying to save the best for last. And and there might be other variables that they're looking at as far as, you know, current uh, motivating operations. And um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a number of factors that, that could influence the MSWO, but for yeah, for this study, that's that's at least one more that we can be considering during our assessments. Absolutely. Uh, what other uh, research you've touched on this already a little bit, but uh, what further research do we need on this subject? Yeah, so I think there might be different avenues to explore related to these different factors that do influence the outcomes of MSWOs with edible items. Um, So maybe looking further at the verbal behavior of the participant um, and what are they saying about it? Maybe trying different statements. Um, We used what has been used in other studies, which was just pick one, but maybe other phrases might be better. Um, And then we need to know, you know, what does this really mean? You know, just because the lowest ranked doesn't turn out to be the lowest ranked in a concurrent arrangement, does that have implications for our treatment programs? And how, what kinds of implications does that have? And how can we, you know, better figure that out? De Leon in 2001 did the MSWO, the single 
you know, daily MSWO trial. And they showed that, you know, that did predict the valued reinforcer for task completion. Yeah. But they didn't do it in the repeated MSWO format. So maybe that has an impact too. The fact that those items are coming back in another trial, another round uh, might have an influence as well. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. I think those are great additional areas that people need to be looking at here when when we're thinking of research that we should do. Dr. Fritz, this study really is uh, impactful for the field. And and I I just want to say thank you for all your work and to you as well as all those students that were helping you out. Thank you for doing this study. Uh, And thank you for being willing to come and talk about it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm always excited to talk about work I've done with my students, and I'm glad you're interested in it. Yes, I think I think it's not only me that's interested, but it's, you know, MSWOs are used so widely in the field that I think it's valuable for everybody to be listening in and, uh, and understanding a little bit better uh, just some considerations that they can make when they're, when they're doing this assessment. Um, so thank you. And uh, for all of you listening at home, uh, make sure that you uh, check out the article uh, in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis and uh, join us next time for your weekly dose of research. Mm-hmm.